Yep, that's how we're going to start off episode 13 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Just a long, exaggerated sigh. Uh, I'd like to come on here and be a little bit more energetic, but it's Sunday morning. The uh, New York Yankees have officially been eliminated from the postseason. And I don't know, Chris, what do you what do you have to say about it? Deflated. I'm not that upset. I'm not as upset as I thought I'd be. But I'm deflated. You put so much emotion into every single game you watch. And when it's over, it's very anticlimactic. Or climactic, however people say it. It's, you know, a lot of what we want to do today is just kind of get our emotions out there. Because I'm, I'm just so... And I'm going to end up contradicting myself a lot of the time today. But it's just so many varying emotions that you have with this team. And what you thought and where they came to. It's just... Can I stop for a minute here? Who is this person sitting next to you? We got we got a third. Yeah. Third wheel. The third wheel is here today. Yeah. Who is it? Who is who am I? Who is he? Who is this guy? Pizza guy Rye. Stack guy Rye. Oh, stack guy Rye. <laughs> <laughs> so it takes the Yankees to get eliminated for him to yeah. show up for the whole entire podcast. So thank you for that, Ryan. No problem. It's uh, sad to be here. <laughs> he would have said that whether they won or lost. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I'm miserable right now. I don't want to be here. I think Ryan took it worse than me last night. I definitely took it worse than you. At least outwardly. I, it took I, him two hours to leave my house. I couldn't get up. I couldn't just open the door and leave. I just, it hurt, man. It's, it stunk. I couldn't so physically close. remove myself from the couch until probably one fifteen ish Like, I just sat there. I was, you know, trying to see what everybody else was saying on Twitter, you know, trying to, you know, surround myself with some Yankee fans. And then I was watching the post game and then, which we gave you credit for. Cause yeah, we did literally, the exact opposite. The ball was in the air. George, uh, George Springer fly out to end the game mid midair. I'm like, Chris, can I just turn the, uh, can I just turn this off right now? This is all, this is the last thing we heard. And the ash boom. Yeah. Off right. When the ball went into his glove, I turned the television. I've watched Springer catch the ball. I saw the little rat jump up and down, and then I flicked over to yes. I caught the last few minutes of the center stage. Can I then, say something What before we get into what we need to get into? Yeah, I know what you have to say. I used to love Altuve, and I'm not just saying this because he beat us. I promise I'm not that I'm not that way. I referred back to Pedroia last episode because Pedroia is a guy I hate because he kills the Yankees, but I don't hate him. In general, I respect him as a baseball player. I'm not saying I don't think Altuve is great, but I always thought he was this humble, modest guy, and he proved me way wrong this series. I don't like him anymore. I just don't. He's a little weasel who is a cocky, arrogant... I think they all are, to be honest. I don't like how any of them carried themselves on the field. And I think in the long run, that's going to hurt them. I The guys on that team that I would exclude from that are probably McCann. Yes. Verlander to some degree. And you never see that out of Carlos Beltran either. And as I speak negatively of one Astro, I will speak positively about another to even it out. Justin Verlander in game six, in my opinion... Pitched one of the greatest postseason games 
given the element, given who he is right now, he's not Justin Verlander of five, six years ago. This is a guy that everyone counted out. Given all of that, he pitched one of the gutsiest games I have ever seen in postseason history in now my that, life. Now that you brought that up, I hate to do this, but Schilling sock game six, Verlander game six. I That's exactly what I was thinking. The only difference for me is that Schilling in game six of that series, he was there. He was a he was a Diamondback, and he was one of their guys. Verlander comes over. No, I'm talking about the bloody sock game in 2004. Oh, oh, I was at that game. I was at that game. Which is a more, you know, that I don't know, just that that sticking. That one your, was a better performance. Just it, sticking it, your on the road though, to that you thought the the Yankees are can clinch the AL championship, and then this guy but, just. In my opinion, at that time, and I could be wrong, but you still looked at at Schilling as like Kurt Schilling, man. Damn, we got to face Kurt Schilling tonight. No team felt that way against Verlander this year. And then he comes over to Houston and he said, hey guys, by the way, I know how to pitch in the postseason. And he dominated. All right, but in Verlander's defense... Detroit sucks. They're terrible. They're rebuilding. They're in a. I know we we don't we think rebuilding is a joke because the Yankees made it to the ALCS and they're <laughs> rebuilding. Yeah. yeah, but it doesn't work like that for other teams. They strip it down. They lose ninety five a hundred. Yeah, games. I know. They replaced their GM too. Yeah, they fire their GM. They fire their manager. They have to go five or six lean years for the for the Yankees is winning 84 games five or six lean years for these other teams that rebuild is winning 62 65 games you know what I'm saying could you imagine <laughs> so Verlander was dealing with that towards the end of his career and you know now he's going to a team that's def that they already I mean he came in at the very last second but they already had their postseason position locked up right yeah. And it totally. gave him a shot in the arm. And here's the last thing we'll touch on on this. I just, again, want to, because I do respect Verlander a lot. In the pregame interview he had, I loved his his response. And he simply said that Houston brought him here to win this game. He didn't talk about any previous games. He didn't talk about any future games. This was the game that Houston brought him here to win. And you know what? He proved right because they win that game. And just like you proved me wrong, it ignited the Houston Astros all the way to the World Series. I did say that, and I wish that I was wrong. And even Ryan said it, that if the Yankees lost game six, they weren't going to win game seven because you can't breathe life into a dead team that's as good as the Houston Astros. And you know what? I have to be honest with myself. During game six, before game six, even after game six, I wasn't worried. I was so confident the Yankees were going to come out and win. And then a few hours removed from game six at, after the last pitch, I sat there and I, in my chest I said, I don't think they're going to win game seven. 
Can I just tell the listeners at home what an obnoxious jerk-off you were? <laughs> Before game six? This moron over here. I'm sorry, I love you, but you you were acting like a real jackass. He brought out champagne. No. He's inviting everybody no, no, over no, no, his no, no, house. No, no, no. the 2002 San Francisco Giants. Is what no. He, did. he got I the didn't... champagne ready. It little. wasn't like I pulled out champagne no. and I was like, they're going to win, man. We're going to pop. I said, just in case. He if got they goggles. Win. He had goggles. <laughs> he put up, he put up <coughs> the tarp in his wife's living room. Uh, but God hurts. It's tough. It. We're gonna break. Let, let's let's get back on track here because this is what we do. Mm-hmm. We have the attention span of a gnat, and we just fly all around. Right. That's yep. what we do. We every look. I'm gonna I'm gonna break the fourth wall here. Oh, people think we read off a script. I heard somebody tell me that. Did somebody tell me that we read off a script? And I was like, you can't honestly it's kind of a compliment. listen to the podcast and tell me that because we are like a three-year-old coloring. We're outside the lines all the time. Like It's like it's green it over makes here, it fun, it's red though. over here. It makes here. it enjoyable. No, it does. We flow. We... You know, yeah, they write an hour script. <laughs> no, but we do. We have an outline. Yeah, you, of we have an out. Obvious. We do yeah, have an outline, have. of course. But and then you'll say something, and then it take us over here. Or I'll say something, and I'll take us over here. And so, I think that's the beauty of what we do. I think that's why we have such a big following so early on. But what was I going to say? But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, get what, back on track. Get back on track here. Well, we wanted to start the podcast out with was our feelings. This is share time now. <laughs> <laughs> our feelings about the team, really, and what really 2017 meant as a fan. And then we can get into basically games, you know, how the series unfolded after we recorded after game two. So I don't know. You want to take the lead on this? You want to jump in? Well, I'll start by saying you tweeted something last night that this might be your favorite non-winning, non-World Series winning Yankee team ever. And I couldn't agree more. Because part of me even loves this team more than any World Series team. Because we, and it's probably because over the last five years, we've seen a team just go out and die. And this team was the complete opposite of that. I know the offense didn't show up again in game seven, but if you look at the big picture and what this team did, it's so difficult. I know. It's so difficult to hone in on one guy. I know what Judge did this year. I know what Didi Gregorius did this year. But you love this team because it's so difficult to give just one guy credit. Because when one guy was down, someone else took control of it and carried the team. And I don't mean I don't mean to stop you stop you, but I wanted to bring this up. And to us, like we are just like so like judges the MVP, judges the MVP, right? And that's not just for the Yankees, for the league, but do you know how many you know followers of ours or fans tweet us that Didi is the real MVP of this team? I to give them credit, I don't think they mean statistically. I think they mean more as a leader because you have to remember something. For twenty years, our shortstop was our leader. So it's very difficult to just 
imagine anyone else be a leader. Didi Gregorius came in and filled some really big shoes and he did it really, really well. And that goes a long way because, you know what, on the field, you can argue the catcher is the leader of everyone on the field, but the shortstop does a lot too. The shortstop relays to the outfielders what pitches are thrown at certain points to know where they're going to line up, to know if it's a, you know, a curveball coming and it's going to be an outside pitch. So this guy is probably going to take it the opposite way. So start a line. People don't realize these things, but it's the truth. But and, he's also a Rod used to call pitches at shortstop. You know that, right? He's a 285 hitter. 20, what do you slug? 25 home runs this year. Plays gold glove caliber defense. And he didn't even play a full season. So I understand the if you take the literal meaning of what MVP is, and even there we're not even we're not even talking to you right now if it's not for Didi Gregorius. That home run in the wild card game is as important as any hit as this team has had all year. Yeah. Because if he pops out, strikes out, even if he even if he hits um a single and scores a run, they probably don't win that game. That home run changed that whole entire game. I agree. But getting back to yeah, what please. I was saying. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just want because when P I always hear that and it just it's surprised not I don't mean to disrespect Didi because we love Didi. We sing Didi's well, praises it, all the time. It just shows how valuable he really is. That people are saying he was the MVP of this team over a guy that hit fifty two home if you runs. Take the term in a more literal sense, then yes, maybe Didi is the most valuable. But that in terms of the award itself, they don't they don't measure it by Right, that caliber. So look at it. how many right. uh, Alex Rodriguez won when he was on a, a last place Rangers team. I thought you were going to say when he was on steroids. Oh, well, he, um, he was well, on he steroids. Never also, won, he's never won an MVP without. So what I was saying is without the juice, without the juice. <coughs> Not OJ. I have bad allergies. So when you go back to some of these, other... it's not that you've been wearing the same friggin' clothes for three weeks. It's yeah, not the reason why. When the Yankees win, you don't change the outfit. But they you lost. Were wearing. But they lost. Now yeah. the the clothes are in the in the wash. But after they lost games one and two, why don't you wash your clothes? Because they still were in a series. Mm. You can't wash the. And you know what? They won in Cleveland. So we were over his house, right, Ron? You can attest this. We were over his house to watch Game Six. Big mistake number one because you never mess with the mojo of what's yeah, going we on, shouldn't right? Have. Yeah, and we're number the two, if we he, started the like playoffs doing that, he literally smelled like dirty garbage water that's been rotting in the in the hundred degree sun. I did it for the team. Every time Can I get you, back to my point? Every time you got up, it, <laughs> sat, it, it just smelled like a sewage treatment plant in your house. You were like pig pen in uh, Charlie Brown. <laughs> Stop making me laugh. Anyway, you go back to some of these other Yankee teams, and you look at the lineup one through four, and those are your big guys. And then you'd get past the four hitter, and you'd be like, oh, get me back to the top of the lineup, Right. This team didn't have that, and they're not going to have that moving forward. This lineup, if Gleyber Torres is even half the guy. Or what about Clint Frazier? I know. Uh, Listen, I'm talking about Torres right now because Torres is a lot closer, I think, to being an all-around star in the major leagues than Clint Frazier is. Mm, I I I think Frazier needs some time. 
his bat speed's too quick to look as as foolish as he was up at the plates in some of his at bats. Yeah, well, look how crappy Aaron Judge looked in his cameo last year. And then, yeah. So well, I think if Gleyber Torres can come up next year and be half the player that they think he's going to be, you add him to this lineup, and it's like you don't need one guy to carry this team anymore. This lineup, top to bottom, feeds off of one another. They all they all feed off of one another. And I tweeted this, and I and I mean it, and I've always believed in it. Talent goes a long way in baseball, but nothing goes further than chemistry. If you can put out a, a team that has talent, that has great chemistry together, they're almost unbeatable. And the Yankees proved that this year, falling one game short of a pennant. And chemistry also makes it... Uh more sustainable too you look at teams that haven't had chemistry like uh 1986 mets you know that was a great team but they couldn't sustain it they didn't go on a dynasty and if you listen to those guys this is a good point if you listen to those guys like gooden and strawberry and i know you're not a big fan of them but keith hernandez they always say that that team should have won more world series they just couldn't stand each other well here's something too and it and it kind of contradicts. Wait, before you go, because Stack Guy Rise is just here for a show today. He's not actually doing his job. Oh, yeah. so. well, oh I, I did. I but the topic changed. So, <laughs> Didi Gregorius, Stacks? No, no, no. Oh. You were bringing up the, the lineup. The Yankees had a guy that hit 27 home runs batting eighth. Right. So, that's a cleanup hitter for yeah. a lot of teams. I know. And this guy's batting eighth for right. the Yankees. So, that just shows you the depth of this lineup. So, Here's one thing, and it's going it? to... Hicks? That would be the Little League World Series hero. Oh, <laughs> Might be the last time we get to say that, so... I don't know. We'll get into that yeah. later in the show. Um, so, here's something that's going to sound like I'm kind of contradicting what I just said, because I, I said when one guy's down, someone else picks the team up. I think one thing the Yankees do have to focus on is that they have such great chemistry that when they're... When they're hitting the ball, when they're pitching well, everyone's hitting the ball, everyone's pitching well. But you saw in this offensive lull this year, and a lot of it was due to injury, but they're equally as contagious when they're not playing well. And when they're not getting good at bats, the next guy's not getting a good at bat. So I think they need to focus a little more on watching what's happening in front of them. And Joe Rivera last week kind of touched on this, that he thinks it's a Yankee philosophy that they're not really looking at the at-bat before they get up. Well, but you know what? They have to start. Because I don't think any – Starlin Castro looks at anything, and but that I can't – Yeah, he's – you know, after your team loses, there's always one guy that goes on your shit list. Yeah. And Starlin Castro is on my list. He's, on, he's up there right question. now, but I still really like him. When he – when there was that line drive that tipped off his glove and then he couldn't make oh. the play, they scored. That was that the inning they got a couple of runs in. I or think one run. No, I think they got out of it. He, I think he got out of it. Yeah, he got out of it. Oh, was that the inning that Canely ended up coming in throwing one pitch? Uh, yes, I believe so. But that was ruled. That was a hit, though. They gave. Uh, yeah, no, they gave couldn't a hit. believe they gave it was a hit. He should have caught that. He could have caught that. It was in that. his glove. But anyway, digressing again. Well, the script called for it there, so. <coughs> Go see a doctor. I have allergies. That's what people say that don't. On you cough. I do. Cover your mouth. 
allergies <laughs> is is something that people use as an excuse when they they don't want to go to the doctor. This when... is full of excuses. You guys showering? Really... You, you, you know, think it was because the Yankees. He didn't want to shower all week. I showered. Didn't I didn't wash my clothes. He <laughs> used his wife's like hundred and twenty five dollar like expensive designer salon <laughs> hair products to wash his <laughs> his feet the other day. <laughs> You know what? We'll just have a full episode of ripping me while I sit here. Oh, now, you know how, now you know how I feel. I'm so sad right now, and you guys are just beating me. But to the that's ground. what friends and family are for. Yeah. Absolutely, distractions. So, to sum up, I think this team is a very special team, and the reason why they're my favorite team I've probably ever watched is because this was pro. And I know in '96 they weren't supposed to do anything, but. Truth be told, I was eight years old at that time. I think it was in high school. I was four. So this is the first team that I can remember from beginning to end that wasn't expected to do anything. They weren't the New York Yankees this year. They weren't the team that everyone hated and, and wanted to beat because they were supposed to win everything. This was the first year that they weren't supposed to be anything special, and they were beyond that. And I that went a long way for me because it showed that there's heart back in the Bronx. And I'm excited for that. I think they set the bar really high, and that does scare me because no matter how much better they're going to get, we all know how difficult it is to get to where they did this year. And to be that close and to not take it home hurts. Only because you know that it's not a given that they're going to be back there anytime soon. You expect them to be now, but it's not a given that they are. That's they had what, something yeah. special this year, and they need to carry that through. These are young kids who were a game away from winning a pennant, and they got it stripped away from them. How much hungrier can you get than that? Yeah, well, you know what? You guys didn't want to watch the post game last night. I did because I wanted to see. Again, these guys. it's not that we didn't want to; it's that we couldn't. No, well, you didn't want to. You couldn't. It doesn't matter. It's all semantics at this point. You didn't watch it. I needed to watch it. I needed to see the reactions to these guys. Aaron Judge was upset last he night. He was. I watched it. Yeah. I watched it after. You could hear it in his voice. This bothered him. And you know what? I I love the fact that he was upset last night. I love the fact that he couldn't get his that he was the words weren't processing in his brain cuz you want to know why? He's going to go out there and it's going to motivate him to be better. And you know, I know I tweeted last night that after I watched the interview like I said this is going to motivate him to be better if he could even get better because the guy hit 52 home runs this year. Could you imagine if he does get better? Ryan asked me last night, and it was, it's something I've been thinking about all day. Do you? He said, he asked, do you think Aaron Judge could have possibly topped out on the most home runs he'll hit in a season? And I said, you know what? You don't want to think, you don't want to believe that, but hitting 52 home runs in today's baseball is hard. It's hard to do. Is a big feat. And you can't expect Aaron Judge to go out every year and hit 50 plus home runs. No, but he. You're happy if he hits 40. When, but he's got. If he's going to do that, he's got to reduce the strikeouts. That's what I'm saying. If his pitch recognition gets better and his command of the strike zone gets better, this guy's going to be a 40 plus home run hitter. And he could. He hit 284 this year. With, with a terrible slump. 
With a terrible Think slump and that. striking out over 200 times. And this guy hit 284 this year. Think about that. That was a horrible slump. Yeah. The guy did nothing for like seven weeks. <coughs> he did absolutely nothing. So think about think about how he could get better. Think about it. The guy. I'm not gonna say he's gonna hit 75 home runs, but if he becomes a 300 hitter and his on base percentage goes up, and he's gonna have Gary Sanchez and Greg Bird hitting behind him, forget it. I don't even. I don't even want to think about how good this team can possibly be. And you know what? Everyone. Everyone didn't listen to me because Bird's been hurt for so long. But he's proven I've, a lot. He's I have lot. Really I have been riding this guy from day one. I said he's going to be one of the most impactful hitters in this lineup. To have a lefty like that at Yankee Stadium is what the Yankees have been missing for a long time. And this guy doesn't just hit for power. He can hit for average too. And he's shown he can hit lefties, so I don't want to see that shit next year. Let me tell you something. He's in, as long as he's healthy and he doesn't need a day, he's playing first base. And I'm so, I'm cursing a little bit more than I usually do, but, it, you know, it's after game seven, so, you know, we're, we're going to let it slide today. <laughs> um, I guess what I want to say is not, I don't want to contradict myself, but I'm going to contradict myself because that's how the range of emotions are going right now. In February, if you would have told me that the New York Yankees would have played for the American League Championship Series, where do you want me to sign? Where do you want me to sign for it? <laughs> because you had absolutely no expectation of this team whatsoever. And I wrote a few paragraphs, I don't even know if you want to call it a column or whatever, and it's on nyysportstalk.com if you want to read it. Um just basically going through this thought process because this morning I just I felt like before we recorded the podcast I had to get this out somehow because it was just sitting inside you know it's just that th- you wanted to see certain things out of 2017 you wanted to see Aaron Judge show you he could be a major league baseball player because you didn't see that in 2016 yeah you wanted to see if Gary Sanchez could do August and September throughout the course of a full year, right? And he proved that. There's things he's got to work on. He's got to get better at certain nuances of being a catcher. And he will. Stop swinging at bullshit pitches. Yeah. Like, you want the the only... Do you want to know why I have faith in Gary as a catcher? Because last year, if you remember, he was not... Anywhere near what he was this year, he was a backstop back there. He blocked balls. He gunned guys out. And I'll give him a lot of credit. He cleaned up a lot of his garbage. He did. In the postseason. He really did. Absolutely. Um, so he has what it takes. They all say he got too big in the offseason. That's what they said about Severino last year. And it, and it you know disabled him from moving side to side the way he should and that's what hurt him so i have all the faith in the world in gary sanchez so but as i was saying you wanted to see what bird could do over a full year you wanted to know if that month that he had in 2015 was a fluke is he going to be an injury prone guy can he be the first baseman in the future we still got some questions about him because he still never played a full season but you know what I love about him? 
in his press conference in the postseason when he came back, they said everyone bet on him not coming back, and he said, "I always bet on myself that I was going to be here and I was going to make an his impact." His biggest supporter team. was Brian Cash. He never gave up. It wasn't Randy Levine. <laughs> <laughs> Did he say he was faking the injury? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, can you get that? Can we just get rid of him? Like, I is can't he married stand him. to some? Is he married to if his son? Brian's just, daughter. Like, change his hairstyle. You see how he doesn't have any sideburns? It just goes straight. <laughs> Above the year. I think Greg Bird has what it takes mentally to be a superstar in New York. Because you want to know what? If anybody could have been defeated, it would have been Greg Bird after what he went through this Exactly. Year. That's what I'm but saying. But he came back. He hit, what, nine home runs after yeah. he came back off the DL. He had big hit after big hit in the postseason. He won. Against guys like Andrew Miller. He won game three with the home run. Yep. The only run the Yankees scored. Bomb. He got the big hit to in game five. To break the ice versus uh, Keuchel, and in game, yeah, and he in, got the first RBI. In, in game, game one, game. I know it didn't mean anything because they lost, but he showed heart in the ninth inning and yeah. got up there and hit that home. The run. only thing I asked of Greg Bird is the accident that caused Barry Allen to get his super speed. Can that happen to Greg Bird also? Oh my God, man, he's so <laughs> slow. Not even become the Flash, just become the less slow. <laughs> he's so slow. He played a nice uh, first base too. No, I he's a he's a solid. Oh, he's a, a, he's a phenomenal first baseman. He I don't I haven't I don't know if he can be a three hundred hitter, but he'll. I hit, do. I, I think, think he, he can, can be. be a two sixty five, two seventy guy and hit thirty five and a hundred. I, I see. I see Greg Bird as a three ten, three fifteen guy oh. with thirty plus home runs. I really do. And if you're gonna, but even if he hits two seventy and he does and gives you thirty and a hundred, oh, yeah, and you're gonna and you're gonna line him up three four five with Sanchez and uh, Judge. And you're going to throw Didi in there? Barring injury, this team is going to win a World Listen, Series. Listen, the truth, the truth of it is, Greg Bird's not here to hit for average. He's here to hit home runs. He's here to come up with runners on and, and bring them in. He's a power bat. He's a lefty. It just is a bonus that this guy can hit for average also. I do believe he's a 300-plus hitter with a 30-plus home run kind of guy. All right, so back to what I was saying, right? You wanted to see these things at it. I mean, you wanted to know if Severino could be a guy. The Yankees said that he had ace-like stuff, that they were targeting him to be a one or two. You wanted to see that because he was good in 2015, and 2016 was a disaster for him, right? He he looked good out of the pen, but the Yankees said, no, we're not doing this again. And he never wanted to be a bullpen guy. He was dying to be a starter. And the, and, and the Yankees said, no, we're not doing this again. He's going to be a starter. So you wanted to see if that was the right move because that's the one thing you can't go out and get is a frontline ace. You can't go out and get that. Can I just – because I, I want to go back and forth here just a little on Sev. Um, one thing with Severino is I give the Yankees all the credit in the world with him because how many times have we seen the Yankees ruin guys? Bullpen, starter – they don't know. Just go out and say it. Just say Jabba Chamberlain. You don't have to mask it. Like we know who you're <laughs> but talking about. Even Phil used They never great. gave up on Severino. They knew what they saw in him, and they wrote it out, and they made him get better, and they made him strive to be the guy they are. And the last thing I'll say about Severino, and I said it last night, we're we. It seems like we're watching a 30 year old vet who's been in the league for you know five six years. This kid's 23 years old. He's okay. He's, he's a little geeked up at times, though. He's 23 years old. 
He's okay. Too amped up. He's 23 years old, and people are going to be a little down on him because it looked like he lost a lot of his stuff in this last series. This kid's never pitched this many innings in a season. It it takes a toll on you when you've never done this before, and now you're and now every pitch you throw is a high is a high intensity pitch in the postseason. It's going to wear on you. You can't give up on Severino. You can't feel down on him right now. No, I'm not. The kid's Absolutely the kid's not. a a superstar and he's gonna he's gonna lead this rotation for a lot of years. Alright, so 2017, right? You're saying to yourself, I wanna see these guys. I wanna see that the Yankees put the right plan in place, right? Maybe they'll win seventy nine games, maybe they'll win eighty five games, you know, somewhere in there. That's what I I thought we got a wild card. Yeah, you know, maybe. you just wanted to see them show you enough to know that the Yankees were that Cashman had the right plan in place, right? That's what I think it's fair to say that's what we all thought in spring training. You just wanted to see these guys show you enough that the Yankees sure. made the right call to build the team around these guys, right? And if they competed for a wild card, they competed for a wild card, right? If if we had meaningful September baseball even until the first or second week of this of the month, right? We would have felt good with that, right? And then all of a sudden we talk about this all the time, you and I. We were in Yankee Stadium when the Yankees bludgeoned um, the Orioles, right? And yes. Judge hit that massive home run. Yes. And now, you know, you're thinking like, okay, maybe maybe this is better than what we thought. And you start having higher hopes for the season, right? Yeah, especially because at that point, the Orioles were still considered one of the top teams in the AL East. Yeah. So. And then, you know, they come back down to earth and then you say, you know, this is just what a young team does, right? The main question during that time was, are the Yankees more the team they were in the first two months of the season or right. are they the team uh, during June and July? And and really the answer was usually, was hopefully a mix of both. But, but Brian Cashman saw something in his team. Oh my God. He went out there and he made the trade with the White Sox. Well, I was he just going to say there. to you, after that July trade, how many times did they lose big games after that? And and we said, all of us, <coughs> excuse me, we said, all of us said, did Cashman just go out and make these moves and now this team is just going to fold? The Yankees made a statement. The organization made a statement. We're going for it by making those moves. And the Yankees didn't seem to be really picking up from it. And they had an obligation to show this organization that they were going to play for what they now expected them to do. And they did that. And I think if you hear a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of pe- the talking heads, they say that those trades changed the expectations in the Bronx. And I don't necessarily agree with that because they weren't rentals. Tommy Canely, David Robertson, Sonny Gray, these weren't <laughs> deals for 2017. These were deals for 2018, 2019, because these guys are locked up beyond the season. Right. So Cashman did the smart thing. He didn't trade his farm system to go for it in 2017. He said, you know what, if this helps me get to a deeper point in the season, right. great. But I can't go out there and get Sonny Gray on the free agent market. Sonny Gray is available. I got these pieces to trade. If he helps this year, great. If not, but this is for 2018. This is for 2019. Right. So, And you know what? You know what's a good feeling you could really take out of this postseason too? You didn't know if Canely was worth what we gave up. 
and there's no question anymore. I don't even really hold yesterday against him because no, again, no. these the guys guy went above yeah. and beyond anything that he's been expected to do. He's never been a multiple inning pitcher, right. and the it's gonna fall apart at some point. Like it, it just is. Like how many of these guys don't have a blip on the radar screen? Right. It just sucked that it happened in Game Seven, and it kind of just busted the game right. open. You got to feel very good about Tommy Canley next year. No, I, I think Tommy will. Well, and we'll talk about this later. I think Tommy's going to be these. I think Robertson will be the rover, and Tommy Canley will be the guy coming in before uh, Roldis Chapman. Not Patances. No, we'll talk about that <laughs> later. Um, so we get to the wild card. We win the wild card, right? And then you're just like, we talked about this a hundred times. Just show that you belong with the Indians. That's all we wanted. You should beat the Minnesota Twins. They did. Now show me you belong. They did that, right? They won the friggin' series. <laughs> Not at first, but yeah. They and then, showed it in a big way. I can't even because the just such so many emotions are just running through my brain right now. Like, and then the ALCS. If they got swept, they got swept, right? It wouldn't have really mattered at that point because we got further than we could ever gotten. Right? right. Anybody would have been happy with them playing in the ALCS this year. But then, <laughs> but then, what do they do? They take the lead in the series, and now it becomes like, okay, you're here. You just got to win one. Or you got to do it now. There's no more. Oh, this is rebuilding. Oh, no more. The Astros are better. Oh, no more of this. No more of that. You have two chances to go to World Series. You have to do it. And that that goes back to my point of why it scares me that, you know, yes, the future is bright, but it doesn't matter how bright it is. This is not an easy task. God bless you, Ryan. Thank you. This is not an easy task. To get to where they were is not easy. So that's what makes it so painful that they did come back. But I think now that they have this under their belt, they can make it easier on themselves. They're prepared better. They right. know how to... They know what they're doing now. They like, know, you know how to have better postseason at bats against good postseason pitchers. And if you look at Judge's numbers, despite the strikeout record, he really played well. I want to say he played good or good. in the postseason. Yeah, he he was actually phenomenal. Look at how he played defensively. I mean, too. defensively, both series he the home, home runs. runs the I post-season. think he tied second for rookies in a home run in a series in a home for home runs hit or whatnot. That's what I'm saying about him. If he cuts down on his strikeouts, the league is excuse Because all life. you think about is those strikeouts because and, and they're can, so... That's all anybody talks please, about. You can feel free to bleep this out because I'm going to use this word right now. If he cuts down on his strikeouts, the league is f- Okay? They are. <laughs> There's no way to slice it. There's no other way to say it than that. If he cuts down on his strikeouts, he's going to destroy... He's going he's gonna to get pitching coaches fired. His on base percentage is going to be like 900. <laughs> That's crazy, man. But just to wrap up this, it sucks. It really sucks that they were right here. But I love, I like I said, I I tweeted it last night. I love this team as much, and I said it in the article that I wrote. If not even more than some of the World Series teams, because they brought you, you being a Yankee fan, and you know we're spoiled. Great, right? It's one of the few things my dad ever did for me that was great. He made me a Yankee <laughs> fan, right? You're you're expecting certain things out of this team. Like if you're a Met fan and you win 85 games and don't embarrass yourself, you consider yourself having a good season. 
Yeah. But that's not good enough for us. No. Like, I was born in 83. I really started remembering baseball in the early 90s. So the Yankees were just starting to turn a corner a little bit. So, really, I only really remember good Yankee teams. The World Series. So, I've been very fortunate to live through this era of baseball. So you're you don't want to you don't want to deal with all this stuff, and this is the first time that you actually took a step back, and you're like, okay, we can't be great anymore. So let's get back to that point. Let's take it. Let's get back to that point. And this team just went above and beyond everything that you could have expected out of them, and that's why they hold it. They held such like a a grip on you because every time they were down, no, we're not down. We're coming back. They, they had the slump. Everybody wrote them off, said, oh, they're just a young team. They was a fluke in the beginning of the season, right? They won 91 games. Check number one. Wild card team. Check number two. Fall down in the wild card game. Win. Check number three. 0-2 to probably the best team in the league. Win. Check. Down 0-2 to the second best team in the league. Take a lead, take a lead in, the, in the series. Check. And now you're... But then you get to that point right there where they have two chances to win and they don't do it. And that is where the disappointment comes in. And let me say one thing also. It, you don't feel it because they didn't win and they didn't make it to the World Series. But have you ever seen a team better built for the postseason than this team? I mean, with that bullpen... With the, with the guys they have in this lineup. Yeah, they need to mature. They need to learn how to have a better approach. But when they do, have you ever seen a team better built for the postseason? A team that you can watch slump for six weeks, but when the postseason comes, they show you why they're scary and why they're there? And I'll end it on this. It sucks that they lost. You get this close and you want it now. If they would have gotten swept, whatever, right? You, I wouldn't have even, wouldn't even, not that I wouldn't have cared, but it wouldn't have made it. Wouldn't have hurt. It bad. wouldn't have hurt because you know what? Houston's better. They, they built to this point where the Yankees are just at the beginning of this, right? Houston suffered hundred lost seasons to get this team built to get to this point. The Yankees are at the starting point. So you're saying so. But then you get here, and you never know. Like you said, you don't know. You, you're here. You have to take advantage of it because you just never know. You just never know what could happen. But what makes you feel good about it after you digest the loss, what makes you feel good about it is exactly that. This is step one. This was year one. And yeah. David Cohn and Paul O'Neill said it in the post game last night. This reminded them of 1995 when they suffered that bitter loss to Seattle and it motivated and even though Jeter wasn't there yet Jeter technically he wasn't there for a full year put made him travel with the team to see and experience that so this motivated all those guys and then O'Neill even said if they don't lose the way they lost to Cleveland in 97 he said that he doesn't think they win three in a row. Yeah, it, it it makes you hungry. This team got so close. The cookie was right in front of their face. 
So the last time the Yankees were in the ALCS was 2012. And Jeter broke his leg. I was there. And they got swept. And there was a different feeling around the team because it was the end. I know Mo played another year and Jeter played another two years, but it was really the end. Right. This is the beginning. So that's why, as much as last night and Friday sucks and it and it really sticks with you, the Yankees are starting something now. They're not at the end of the line. The Yankees for so long were like a car you buy and things start breaking down and you go out and you and you fix it up here and there and you get a couple more years out of it but at the end of the day it's going to crash and burn and the Yankees crashed and burned last year and to rebuild and to come back the way they did you can't say that this season was a failure for the first time that I can remember the Yankees not winning the World Series is not a failure but you know what now next year, no more of this rebuilding crap. No more of all their young. They're the New York Yankees again now next year. Now they're New York Yankees now because this team had to. This team could have taken this year off and we'd all be okay with it. But they said no, we're not doing that. We're coming now, and they came. They're here. And you know what? So next year, I don't want to hear. And there's no excuses now. We're the New York Yankees again, and it's just plain and simple. So if you don't get to the World Series next year. Now it's a disappointment. Absolutely. And that's why I'm saying they set the bar so high. So, hey, it's not easy. I don't care how much better they're going to get. It's still not easy. But guess what? If they don't make it, it's a failure. And it's going to be a failure for the next five, six years. And you know what? They did this to themselves. They and, want and they, it. And they love that they did it to themselves. They wanted this. They want it because you, you want to know what the biggest motivating factor in, in life is. Is being told you can't do something. And that's all they were told. Aaron Judge was told that he couldn't be a superstar in Major League Baseball. Gary Sanchez was told that, oh, you can't you can't replicate that over the course of a year. Joe Girardi was told, oh, you can't manage this team to be respectable this year. And guess what? Proved them wrong. Aaron Hicks gets Aaron Hicks gets that three one call. Maybe we're um maybe, maybe we're talking about something different right now. But here. listen, this is the last thing I'll say on this. This team from now until they report to spring training is going to wake up every single morning and the first thing they're going to think about is losing game seven. Being one game away from an AL pennant and going to the World Series. Being one game away with two chances and not doing it. That's all they're going to think about. And each day they wake up and think about it, is going to make them that much hungrier to come back and to do it. And that's what you have to be optimistic about. They have the experience now. Think about how many games they played. Think about how many postseason games they played not even making it to the World Series this year. They played what? They played five 13. 13, yeah. 13 games. And Paul O'Neill said it last night. Five <laughs> elimination games. Paul Neal said it last night. You can't put a price on the experience of exactly. getting 50. What did they have? About 50 at-bats yep. in the postseason this year. You can't put a price on what that exactly. means to Aaron Judge and what that means to Gary Sanchez at this stage and of their to- career. And now, on top of that, they got all their hopes and dreams this year ripped out of their out of their chest. And that is going to fuel the fire for this team. But you know what? No more playing games. I don't want to hear any more, oh, well, no, 2018 
you go win and you get to the World Series. They, I'm not saying necessarily they have to win. No, next you need year. to win a pennant next you year. You need to get. You need to win that game seven. You need to not even get to game seven. Go out there and throw your and just. You have to do it now. It's, and and Sweeney said this last night, and I always say this. There's something special about baseball that no other sport can say this. In any other sport, if you don't win the final game, that final championship. You feel disappointed. And I'm not saying that when you're in the World Series, if you lose, you don't feel disappointed. But to win a pennant in baseball is very prestigious. It's a big deal. So they have to go out there next year and they have to at least win a pennant. And you're feeling really good about this team. There should be no reason why this team doesn't win the American League East next year. There, that's the most. That's the that's first the goal, most important and that's thing. the most important goal. All right, before we die, because we're we're gonna need stuff to talk about in the off season, so we can get there, you know, in future podcasts. So, do you feel comfortable that we emote it enough now? Yes, Ryan, you want to add anything? No, man, I feel I feel nice. This is like a nice little. <laughs> so it's like a venting session. Yeah. Um. Do you really even want to get into game six and seven? Is there anything no, worse? I think we did. I, I really think we did. Look, at the end of the day, the Yankees didn't show up to Houston. That's a tough team to beat at their home ballpark. And here's one thing you can say about the Astros. Because you can't really sit here and say they're just a better team. Because, look, the Yankees came and they won all their home games. That's what you're supposed to do. The Astros were supposed to come and win their four home games. And that's what they did. But... What you can say is, if roles were reversed, same teams, but the Yankees had home field advantage, I think the Astros steal a game from the Yankees and the Bronx, and that's the difference of the series. They almost did. The Yankees couldn't capitalize on that. They couldn't steal a game. They're not supposed to. That's the point of having home field advantage. And they probably do steal a game if Hinch leaves McCullers in. Right. So He got shook after... Judge hit that home run. He got shook and he went to his bullpen, which he knew was trash, which is why he didn't go to it yesterday. That's the difference of the two teams. If the roles were reversed and the Yankees had home field, that Astros team probably steals a game in the Bronx and they still win. So six and seven, the Astros showed up and did what they had to do. They shut the offense down. The Yankees looked like they did over the last five years. Anytime they've been in the postseason, completely anemic. Um, but you got to credit the pitching, too. Charlie Morton could have came out and died last night, especially after the way the Yankees knocked him around his last outing. And he didn't. He showed up and he, you know, the umpire was giving calls some pretty awful ones, both sides. But Charlie Morton had good stuff last night. No, he did. I'm yeah. not taking and, anything and away you know six what? pitches. Yeah. Night, and five. you know what? McCullers came in on three days rest, and you didn't know what he was going to do. And he once again shut the Yankees down. And he's 22. What did, what did, uh, through like the first four innings, what did McCullough, uh, not, uh, Morton average, like seven pitches in innings? Yeah. But to the Yankees' credit in that, and I said this last night, the scouting report on Morton was this guy throws a lot of first pitch strikes, so that's where we're going to jump on him. The Yankees were swinging. At a lot of first pitches, they just weren't doing anything with it. And you know what? I, it was at one point in the game, 13 out of 14 
first pitches were strikes for Morton. So that was the right scouting report. They just couldn't capitalize on on the strikes. I'll never use the umpires as an excuse as to why the Yankees lost. And it did go against Houston also. So but it was the moments that they went the against the Yankees. It was the moments that they went against the Yankees that really broke you. That bro- like, Hicks 3-1, that's a ball. Yeah. The Yankees have the bases loaded with nobody out. Down three. Yep. You can't tell me that the game definitely shakes out the same way if Hicks walks. Because now you got Verlander in deep, deep trouble with bases loaded, nobody out. And even if the game does shake out the same way, Yankees are at least scoring a run there because Frazier would have hit a sack fly. Yep. One positive, at least, to take from Houston, the Houston series was they finally got to Dallas Keuchel. Yeah, I mean, look. Because you got to think of it this way. You know, not only was this, uh, it was good for these guys to get the experience of, of, of playing in the postseason, but they got experience against the teams that they're going to continue to face yeah. for the next five years. And, Cleveland, Houston, those and are the two teams that are going to be right in the way. For the the Yankees, Yankees showed over that the next five years. Keuchel's not invincible against them. <clears throat> the Yankees have never faced him so closely within that many days. Where this Yankee team came out and they actually really adjusted and they were able to hit Keuchel. So that is a good sign. You know, Verlander is a different story, but. I think, you know, Girardi managed scared against Keuchel a lot of the times and he didn't do that in, what was that, game five? Well, you know what? Game five. Let's not get too deep into this because I want to get on to our, our next segment here, but he didn't have to manage scared with. The way Tanaka was throwing, man. Oh, man. Oh. Good postseason. Can you believe what this guy's done in the postseason? And it's and it sucks he had to take a loss next to his name in game one because he really pitched, he pitched phenomenal in that game too. All right. So, uh, I mean, tip of the cap to the Houston Astros. They won. They're going to the World Series. It sucks that. It sucks because we were right there. They were right there. Yep. If they if they lose the McCullers game in the Bronx and they lose the series four to one, eh. Or even if they get it back to Houston if, because they win game five, they get it back to Houston and lose game six. And that's it. Eh. Yeah. Okay. But they had two but chances. They were here, and that's what and that's what's going to stick with you until they get past and you know that what? point. Now you want it to. That's what I was saying. You want it to stick with everybody. You want the fans to come back hungry. You want the players to come back hungry. And can I say this? Because we were there in the wild card game, and and you could see it, and you heard it. Yankee Stadium is Yankee Stadium again. It was rocking. 100%. Even Houston players said that they were a little rattled playing at Yankee Stadium. But John Smoltz, John Smoltz, New York was loud, but this place is rock. Yeah, because it's a dome, John. (laughs) Okay. A place oh. with a roof is going to sound louder than a place without a roof. Let me tell you something. Anyone it's who just says science. Joe Buck and John Smoltz did a good job. They didn't. They were awful. Clearly has a hearing disability because they were atrocious. And there's big time guys on the radio who dissect every game and agree that they were atrocious. I'm not going to hammer Buck for the way he called the game. I think he was a little over the top. With his love of Altuve. Altuve makes a phenomenal play. It was hit right to him, Joe. 
And somebody brought this up, and I forget who it was, that maybe it's a little market correction that Altuve's kind of forgotten because he plays in Houston. They don't get a lot of publicity. And now he's on a national stage, so they went above and beyond to push him. But, okay, maybe. But after this year, after after Judge was in every single headline, and then you have a guy like Altuve being talked about in the same breath, he didn't have to go above and beyond. We all knew going into this what kind of a player Altuve was. So, I'll say that. I'll say this for Buck. I don't think he was any worse or any better than he's ever, ever been calling games. Well, when the Yankees won the 2009 World Series, it'll stick with me until I die. His call was, and the Yankees are back on top. And that was it. It's just that Smoltz sucks. Awful. Awful. And you would think he'd be better. And maybe he will be better calling the World Series. But, and you know, people say this because we got our Yankee glasses on and this is how we see things. I don't think he's over 1996. I don't no, think he's, he's over not. He's so Absolutely bitter, man. Not. He's so bitter. Because if it's not for the Yankees, he's got a couple more World Series rings <laughs> on his mantle. Yeah. All right, let's get into our segment. I'm excited. All right, so All right. we're gonna. So now that the season's over, unfortunately, but it's a fact of life. The season's over. Uh, we're gonna do this today. We could have saved it for another day, but let's no, do I like it, it let's, today. Let's do it today. Um, the Daily News usually does this, so I'm stealing the idea from them. When, uh, whenever one of the local teams is done, they do a keep them or dump them, and you vote: Do you want this player to stay or this player to go? So we gave Stack Guy lie. Uh, Jeez, Stack, Stack Guy, guy lie. Stack Guy lie. I don't even know your name. That's how infrequently you're here. Yeah. No, that's all right. Um, this segment is brought to you by. <laughs> Who's this segment brought to you by? Do we have a sponsor yet? Next season. Next season we'll have a sponsor? Yeah. Um, oh, this segment is brought to you by uh, My Wife's Wreath Business. Just go on Instagram oh and, type up and type in My Wife's Wreath Business. It'll come up. I can't think of the name right now. I'm sorry. All tied, you're all tied up. We're all tied up. We we're tied are, up. We're tied we're up. all tied up. I could have just said something there, but I don't want to get in trouble, so <clears throat> we'll let that go. Keep them or dump them. Keep them or dump them. Let's go. Let's right, go. Let's start with uh, Matt Holiday. What do you think? Keep him or dump him? Uh, if you were to ask me this before the postseason started, I'd say keep him. But because he was so non-existent, it showed that they have no reason for him to be there other than his presence in the clubhouse which I don't think is needed anymore, mm-hmm. I say he's gone. And I'm going to be sad but because I really love Holiday, but there's no need to keep a guy who played one game at a 13 in the postseason. No, he's done. He's done here. The Yankees have clearly shown they have no use for him. Uh, I don't know what he did to Joe Girardi. There's got to be something personal there. <laughs> yeah, it's just, because I don't the get way, it. Headley came on, and he played well in the ALCS, but... He got nothing out of the DH position. Mm-hmm. And especially the track record of Matt Holliday. Yeah, so, I mean, what he meant to this team, uh, thank you, but see you later. <laughs> Dumped. Dumped. Todd Frazier. Keep him. I'm keeping him. Uh, uh, he he ties into somebody else. Yes, he, he's, which his, we'll talk his about. His future is directly linked to somebody else. Directly linked to two people, I think. One that's on this list. Yes. Um, um, I'm going to try guessing who I'm making this but, person next. Um, I think Frazier 
because I just said that they don't really need a holiday, a, a seasoned vet as a mentor anymore. I think this team has taken everything they could from him. But Frazier isn't just a mentor that way. He's the energy. He's the he's the guy who comes in and when everyone's serious, he comes in and he says, let's go. Let's have some fun. Let's go. Let's win a game. And he brought that energy all through the postseason. And he came up really big too. And he, he hits home runs. He hits home runs. Uh, somebody was saying, uh, I was reading something, and it was pointed out to this person that his on-base is better than league average. So Yeah. Listen, there's something very special in Todd Frazier. He likes being a Yankee. This is He does. He loves it. He loves this. And my vote, I'm, I'm keeping him. Keeping him. And it's not because... He's great at third base because I said this on Twitter last night. The guy's an adventurer over there. He is really good, but, you know, um, there are question marks over there. I've never seen in the entire time that I've watched Yankee baseball a guy get traded midseason and fit in so good that it looks like he's been with the team it, for There's really years. no other guy that fits the way he did midseason. It, it, it was remarkable. And we can discuss. Yeah. And we can discuss what you offer him, but if he's, can you look up how old he is? Because I really want to know. I think he's thirty-three. Right, just do this. How old is Todd Frazier? According to my sources, Todd Frazier is thirty-one years old. All right, so he's at. So we got four more years out of him. <laughs> he's got a. He's at a weird position in his career where he could probably get a five-year deal from somebody, right? Mm. So does he take? So does he take that? Because if I'm the Yankees, I'm only offering him two years. Because you got to figure Torres and Miguel Andujar are going to be ready in the next two years to take over the that third base position and maybe even the second base position. The only way they could possibly give him a long term deal is if they had the intention of making him a DH, but he's so good defensively that he... And if I'm the Yankees, I don't want to tie down the DH position. No, 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 I agree with that. So if I can get him, if if he wants to come here on a two-year deal and even I'll pay him $12, $13 million a year, uh, it's a a no-brainer. I think the only way he comes back, and you can say that about a lot of these guys on this list, is if he wants to come back. And if he, he wants to come back, then he will be back. But and he, he does. If, if he wants to make more money and get uh, have a longer contract, there is definitely Frazier, going to be a team out there. Todd Frazier is truly a guy plus deal. that will leave years and money on the table to continue to play in New York. And you know what? The Yankees finally, again, have some leverage to keep guys and offer them less. Because what team would you rather play for right now? I don't know. A the lot. team in the World Series. Well... You know what I'm saying? When you're a guy like Todd Frazier who loves being here. And here's what I'll say about Todd. It's not like you're playing with a team that isn't going anywhere. And here's what I'll say about Todd Frazier. This is something you don't know about him when he plays in Cincinnati and when he plays for the White Sox. You just look at the numbers and you see, yeah, he might pop me 25 home runs, but he hits 212. He strikes out a bunch. Here's why I want him. He's a clubhouse guy. And that's something you don't see when he plays somewhere else. And back to my point, he's not a clubhouse guy so much as – Holiday was. It's a different kind of clubhouse guy. He's the energy. Matt Holiday was the mentor. Frazier's the energy. Frazier's the guy who keeps these guys young. Frazier's the guy who's older than all these guys, but acts younger than all of them. Because 
nothing means more to him than playing for the New York Yankees. So we're in agreement. Keep him. Keep him. All right. Chase yeah. Headley. Okay. This is the guy that's directly tied to. See, I say two guys are directly tied. Headley being one of them. And after his at bat last night, what did they have? First and second no out? Or they got the, I forget what the situation was, but all Headley had to do was get on base. And struck out on four pitches. It was an atrocious at bat. And when he walked back to the dugout, I said, you know what? And I love the guy because he has a lot of heart and he works hard and he wants to win. But I'm breaking up with you, pal. Dump him. Here's my thing with Chase Headley. Just didn't work out. He and did we did we say this? It's not you. It's me. Did we say this on the pod last week, or did we say this to each other that he's just a solid guy? He doesn't do anything great. He just does everything solidly, right? Yeah. And that was okay for a while, but it's not anymore. I don't like his lack of power too. I feel that's like. yeah. He doesn't hit for a lot of punches. A single hit. Listen, want that power, listen. Right? If Headley hit 25 home runs this year. It's not even a question that he's coming back with the season he had. Because we say it all the time. You take out his May, and he had one of the best years on this team. Uh, on this team. He was one of the most consistent players for this team. So, And he even had a good, you know. he. But you know what? Played well Look, in the ALCS this for the team, most part. This team shows. This was another thing we didn't touch on. I'm just going to say it real quick because it's important. The Yankees relied on the home run so much this postseason that's one good thing we can take out of this ALCS. When they won those three games in the Bronx, they didn't rely on guys hitting bombs. They manufactured runs very well for the first time all postseason. But this team overall wins so many games at home because they hit so many home runs. So you can't have a guy low in the lineup that isn't going to produce some type of power. Here's what I'll say about this, and I wanted to bring this up when we were talking about the Yankees are built for their ballpark more so than any other team in baseball. And that's why it's so important for them to get home field advantage. You saw it in this series, in this ALCS. I I never thought home field was that big of a deal, but the Yankees have shown they had the best record, the best home record in the league. And yeah. they had a losing record on the road. Yeah. And that translated into team. the postseason. Undefeated at home, one win on the road. They have to work on that. Wow. And that's why they're not playing in the World Series right now. They have to work on that. So we're dumping. Uh, this is what I want to say because we got to bring this up about him. He has a year left on his deal. So the Yankees right. can't just say, go do whatever it is yeah, that you want. There's a few guys here that they would have to trade. Can you get it? Can you get a dump. decent? It doesn't even matter. If, you, if you're telling me that... I'm bringing back Todd Frazier, and all I got to do is pay Chase Headley's contract for next year or pay half of it. Some team's going to want him. He's yeah. he's a productive baseball player. There's a lot of teams that can use a third baseman that puts up even 270 and 12. And the New York Mets? Yeah, but the Yankees aren't in trade. After the way they screwed yeah. around with Bruce and Lucas Duda, see, the Yankees That's why I see Todd there. Frazier maybe going to the Mets, just because the Mets, their, their MO this year was, what can we do to screw over the Yankees? Yeah, but they can't even afford a... Uh, a happy meal at McDonald's right now, and Todd Frazier is going to probably command twelve or thirteen. All the Yankees have to do is slide a piece of paper to Todd Frazier. He doesn't even have to read it; he's going to sign it. So as long as the Yankees 
offer him something, he's a Yankee next year. What I would do is, and I like I said, this is different with Headley because we can't just say, okay, thanks for whatever you did for us, goodbye. They have to trade him. And it would be one of my... I, I would do a little collusion and say, Todd, you know, we're going to sign you, but we got to get rid of Headley first. And it would be my goal, one of my goals in the winter meetings is to find somebody to take Chase Headley. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would good, dump good him. Dump. You dumped. Uh, let's go to a pitcher now. Yes. Jaime Garcia. Just goodbye. We don't have to talk about him. But he was good when he came. Shut, shut up. Okay. Uh, we'll <laughs> do another guy. I think I'm almost positive he's under contract next year. Starlin Castro. And what did I say earlier? Okay. This is my second guy now that could make a big impact on Todd Frazier staying because you said it last night. Can Gleyber Torres play second base i don't think they want glaber, him it's glaber glaber sorry glaber good hashtag glaber good <laughs> which by the glaber way baby. at the beginning uh, what, of what is the, the baby uh product the, starts with a g gerber gerber, gerber. <laughs> at the beginning of the lcs he was clear to uh hit off a t now yeah so. i know i saw that um i don't think the yankees necessarily that's something you should be reporting on farm guy <laughs> uh <laughs> I don't think the Yankees necessarily want him to play second base, but man, Castro was a. I love the guy. I love Starlin Castro. Eh, I wouldn't say love. I do. You can speak a, for yourself. Like I love solid year I, this year. Like I love my so, life. I love the Rock. <laughs> like, but I don't love Starlin Castro. So <laughs> he made himself expendable. I think in this postseason. You know what Starlin Castro is to me. You. Somebody that I like having around, but if I never saw again, I could really yeah. care less. <laughs> Stop. I love how your two names for who you love, it goes from your wife to the rock. <laughs> so, I don't think they want Torres to play second, but that could be a possibility. He moves to second base, you sign Frazier to play third, and there you go. So what's the... Uh, here's what I'll say about Castro. Um, I've seen enough out of him to know what he is. And he is a guy that flashes that he could be a superstar, a great player. But he doesn't... I don't think he has it mentally, to be honest with you. I don't think he has the focus to get to that level. And to be honest with you, where we're at right now, I need guys that are on that level mentally. Because he gets sloppy in the field. He gets... he. he I just think that Judge needs to learn the strike zone and learn his his um, plate dis- and get better plate discipline because he's a rookie, right? Starlin Castro has been around for a while now. This is what Starlin Castro is. Okay, I think this is where we're gonna disagree for the first time. I think it's too quick to give up on the guy. I'm keeping him. If I get Gleyber Torres playing second base and Todd Frazier at third. But you know what it is? If you tell me that going into 2018, Starlin Castro is my second baseman, I'm not going to get upset over it. I still like the guy. I still Are you keeping a... him or dumping him? If I'm the GM, yeah. goodbye. I keep him. So there's our first yeah, disagreement. I if I can trade him, I trade him. I think it could be like a maybe a, a guy you keep and then see how he's doing in the yeah, first half that's of what the I'm season saying. and then maybe throw That's what I'm saying. It's too quick to give up on him because he did have a And I don't think the year. Yankees would trade him because they said that Gleyber needs to do more work at right. AAA. Right, exactly. So, I, so think, it could be a I think I think mid-season maybe. it could be a mid-move, but it's too quick to just say 
Yeah, you're done after your postseason performance. I agree. Kobe, I can agree with Jacoby that. Jacoby Ellsbury, oh my under God. contract, but it's impossible to get rid of him. But he's got to go. Yeah, you have to. You have to find Just a way. He is absolutely. Yeah, but the difference is the Yankees didn't buy out a year and a half. He still got what two or three years left on his oh deal. Oh my God! Yeah, but they gave him seven but, year deal, and he's on the oh contract till 2021. But listen, did he? Up his value a little bit. No, with what he did at the end of the Absolutely regular season. Absolutely not. I, the lack went, of at bats in the postseason it kind of negates. No, because he did that much, and he would have been playing every day. What if he was getting half the amount of money he has right now? Then would you? Then yeah, could you no, see? Because, them? Absolutely. Because he's a he's dead he's weight. A good player. He's dead weight. No, he sucks. Let's he's be just, you know he's a good player. He's, he's just a good not fourth worth. outfielder, bench player. He's not. He's not worth that. No, contract. he's not worth it. And if I got and you telling me I got Clint Frazier. Coming up, and I got to and I got to find a spot for Hicks to play. Come on, yeah, he's gone. Uh, it's in, uh, it's impossible to move him, but he's but dump him. him, but dump him. <laughs> Hopefully, dumped. Uh, let's do. You uh, know what it is? It's you know what it is? It's being married and being a rich guy without a prenup, <laughs> and you can't get divorced because you don't want this bitch to take half your money. Yeah, you that's exactly what it is. <laughs> So the Yankees are stuck with him. They're just waiting for him to find somebody else. <laughs> at the, you know, when she when she's home alone all day and gets bored, she's waiting for him to go and screw the trainer at the gym or some shit, right? Or to just die. <laughs> all right, so and unfortunately, um, Jacoby Ellsbury is not attractive enough to have sex with his trainer. So we're, we're kind of right, stuck with We'll him. try this guy. You might have forgot about him. Michael Pineda. Please, dear God. Please. He's a free agent. He's a free agent. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, he is. I hope the Yankees don't even thank him for his services. And he is never, ever, even in Yankee Stadium ever again, dumped. Dumped. On a minor league deal <laughs> with no risk whatsoever, if he wants to come back and rehab as a Yankee this year, I'd give it to him. He will be a Pittsburgh Pirate. <laughs> and no. will be the greatest pitcher of 2018. He's going to go to the Pirates. Honestly. Or the Nationals. I could see him going to the Nationals next the, year. He's just, he's he's so up and down that I don't, and coming off Tommy John, yeah, it's easy to say dump. But the Yankees, if he says, uh, hey, uh, I'll, take a, I'll take a veteran's minimum and I'll go rehab down here. Maybe I'll give you some starts and. He's not going to do that, though. Not a chance. So he if, has as, the mindset that he's a capable starting pitcher. In because this he technically, still. he really no, is. He is. When he's on, he's a, oh. a top five pitcher. I, yeah, I'm he's not got afraid the stuff of saying to that. be a top That's five That's what I mean. Yes. When he's but on again, his game. And you know what? Contradicting myself, he's, Starlin, he's the pitching Starlin Castro. So goodbye. See Get ya. out of here. Hey, Masahiro Tanaka. <sighs> I will... I will. This is going to be the. I'll make a one. bold prediction here. Masahiro Tanaka does not opt out of his contract. These he's, these he's, Japanese players, I'm telling you, they have a different respect for the game. He knows, even though he was brilliant in the postseason, with the with the performance he put forth in the regular season, he doesn't deserve to opt out of his contract. He deserves to do whatever he wants to do. I'm just saying. He's not – I don't think he's going to. With how he performed in this postseason, I don't care what it takes. You bring him back. I'm keeping him. Here's my question. If he opts out, are you going to try to sign him? 
If you're I don't care what it takes. I'm keeping him. If he opts out, I don't care what it takes. I'm keeping him. So if he, because he's owed about seventy million over the next three years. So let's say you got to add years and add money with, and we don't. Okay. Are you willing to take that risk? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Will the Yankees be in the postseason next year, regardless of how? If Tanaka repeats his 2017 season and 2018, are the Yankees still in the postseason? I say yes. Okay. How dominant was it to have Tanaka and Severino in this postseason? No, yeah, it was great. So if Tanaka has proven to me that he's going to be this brilliant in October and I'm going to make it to the postseason regardless of if he repeats his regular season, which you don't want him to, but... If I'm going to make it back to October and you're going to tell me that I get Tanaka and Severino again in the postseason, I don't care what it takes. He's a big piece to this team. Keep him. Uh, mm, mm. I want him back on the team. I just don't know if I'm ready to commit more years and dollars to him. So if he stays, doesn't opt out, I'm happy with that. I don't know if I want to extend his contract. Yeah, if he opts out. I think that that, that that's and the question it. that I'm going to ask you is: Can he beat this current contract on the open market? Given his postseason track record now, because even his only other postseason start, he was really good. He gave two runs over six innings in that wild card game. If he didn't have the postseason he had, there's not even a question that he, he he's opting in to his contract. I'd keep him with an asterisk. Okay. All right. We'll go. Uh... Dylan Batances. Dylan Batances. See ya. Goodbye. See ya. I Tommy Canely has made you expendable. Because if Tommy Canely did not show up the way he did in the postseason, I could see the Yankees saying, you know what, let's work this out with him. I've never turned my back on Batances. Even when he went through his rough patches, I said, come on, man. This guy, when he's on, is probably is the best stuff out of the bullpen out of anyone. But you know what? He proved to me. He's way too much of a question mark. And in the postseason, which is really, like we said, the going to be the main expectation every single year from here on out, you can't have a guy that, that much, is that much of a question mark anymore when you have guys like David Robertson, Tommy Canley, Aroldis Chapman doing their job. See, it was great having all these guys throughout the season. But we didn't really need that many power arms out of the bullpen. You know, we all we all forget, but and I'm not a huge fan of the guy, but Adam Warren is actually really good. Really good. He's really good, yeah. So, you know what? And and hey, remember that guy who was absolutely brilliant all year, Chad Green? Yeah, I just mentioned him. Oh, you I was saying Warren. No, I mentioned him when you were saying Kaylee and, so, and those guys. So you know what? More than Canley has made Batances expendable know, at this a, point. Your buddy, how do you say his name? Heller. Oh, ben. ben Heller. Heller. Finally proved why He's they wanted stuff. him because he does have electric stuff. And they got guys down in the farm that can come that have good arms too. So, so, and you know what? Some team will pay premium for him because he can close. Right. That's that's what I was just about to say. Teams are going to look at Batances as a whole here, and they're going to say, "Look, I can work with them here." I can get him to start throwing strikes again. And when he does throw strikes, he's probably he the two, three, best stuff in the league. He had, league. what, like a 2-3 year already? Yeah, it's just the walks, man. And he had 100 strikeouts as a right. reliever. So, so he didn't lose any value, in my opinion. 
Teams are somebody, still going to look exactly, at the big picture. Some pitching coach is going to say, I can fix exactly. it. Exactly. And think about how good he'll be when exactly. I fix it. And worst case scenario, he's this guy, which is exactly. still really good. Right. So, yes. And the Yankees have holes to fill. So, not, I mean, they don't. Do they really have holes to fill? I mean, what are you going to you going to go out there and make a trade? You could never be too deep. So, some team will pay a premium for him. So, yes. You are left at the altar, my friend. Goodbye. Don't See ya. Pace. And one more player. CC Sabathia. I don't even want to discuss this. Okay. It's, the hard, it's a hard one. I'm going to say this, and I said it last night, but now that I can speak it and not text it, I can try and get my point across a little better. I want nothing more than for CC Sabathia to ride his career out and end it as a New York Yankee. However, what I was trying to say last night is, did you get everything you were possibly going to get out of CC Sabathia? I understand. I understood your point that you're saying is the gas did, tank empty now. Did he leave everything he had to give this team starting from 2009 to 2017? Did he leave it all out on the field? And are is that the most you're going to get out of him. And I said to you, my retort was, is that you remember Andy's Pettit's last couple of years, they let him take spring training off. They let him mosey on in mid-May. You can do that with CeCe Sabathia. Let him take the first month and a half off. Let him come in May, stabilize the rotation. Because the Yankees wanted Andy Pettit to be that guy in the postseason. So they didn't care if he pitched in April or May. So let CC take that role. Let him come in, pitch big games in August and September, and be the guy in October. Now, all that being said of me questioning that, I like I said, I want nothing. I don't care what he does for this team next year. I want him in pinstripes. Because Joe made a great point last night. And I said it all year. And I noticed it early on, too. I said, look at CeCe. When they show clips before the game and stuff, he's leading this rotation. He makes all the guys go out and watch the starter warm up. He leads them back into the dugout. I haven't seen CeCe really show. I know he's always been a leader, but he's never shown it to us. Joe was really emotional last night when he was talking about Sebastian. Because you know what? When you have a guy playing for you like that, it goes beyond the game. It goes beyond. It shows the character that this guy has. I don't care what he does for the Yankees in 2018. I want him here. I don't like. I was. He can go 0 and 10 with an 8.9 ERA, and I will still say it was a good idea. For I him want him here. here. And you know what? To paraphrase what he said last night, I watched his uh, post game. Also, he said, "This is my home. I want to come back here. I want to finish this thing." So yes, CC, you can come back here. And whether you have anything left in the tank or not, you can come back here next year. And he was one of the first people to really express the idea that this wasn't a rebuild year, that this was a year that they were going to really and make a run. Really, CeCe and Joe, and you could tell it was genuine. You know, a lot of these guys say, no, this is this is our team. We're here. We can win. We have, to. But you could see the genuine emotion in CeCe and in Joe all year. That they, that they really knew what this team was capable of. And they were right. All right, we'll get to the manager. 
Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi is my manager. He's my manager, and I've I know we wanted him. We we hung. Can the you guy, believe I just said that? We hung the guy can with you, a noose after. Can you believe I just said that? <clears throat> yeah, because I've been waiting for this day since two thousand eight. Here's what I'm going to say. Joe Girardi is my manager. I want him back. We were so mad at Game Two of the Division Series. We so we just it just it was anger that how can you make that mistake? But people make mistakes, right? Yeah, stuff happens. And if anyone's going to be excused, it's it's a guy like Joe. And what did we say before Game Three? You let the New York Yankees tell you who the manager of 2018 is going to be. Did they Absolutely. lose Game Three? No. Let me tell you something. They went above and beyond to tell us who they want their manager to be next year. And I care about the Yankees just as much as anybody, but I can't manage this team. So I don't want to say, oh, he cares. That's why he should be the manager. I probably could, but we won't go down that road. <laughs> You'd be bunting every <laughs> at-bat. Uh, yeah. Guardy would lead off with a double. He'd tell, oh, give Judge the bunt sign. Maybe. Depends on <laughs> what he's doing last at the time. night. There was a situation where, uh, but that he disagreed. But it was a moot point it, because yeah, the runner the, moved over yeah, anyway. Yeah. It was the Hicks at bat. And one should have bunted. Final. Wait, sorry. hold on. We're not done. Oh, sorry. sorry. Come, stole your roll. All right. All right. <laughs> so you you show up once every five episodes. Yeah. Now I'm taking over the show. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're right. Um. This team is consist not even this core group of guys, but over the course of his tenure here has shown that. They don't give up on him. They play hard for this guy. And that can't be understated. I agree. Because the Vernon Wells, Travis Hafner, Lyle. Yeah, he Ryan just threw up in his mouth. The He's Lyle Overbay Yankees. Speaking of this. <laughs> still won. Eight, still had a winning record. Yeah. I'm going to plug this again. I plugged it earlier, but it's coming closer. We will be putting together an all-bums team where Christian and I and, and Stack Guy Rye will take... Every position, once per podcast, dissect the worst bums to play at that position in the Yankees, take it down to three guys, and allow our Twitter followers to vote on who wins as the all-bum of that position. So you you threw out some gems just there. So, yeah. so Lyle Overbay. Ooh. So <laughs> even those Yankees won over 82 games, right? So, who do you give the credit for? I give Joe Girardi the credit for that. Yeah. I give Joe Girardi credit hey. for seeing in this team what actually happened. Because, hey, you know what? The man, of course, the manager's not going to go out and, and say in on April 1st, yeah, we're just we're we're going to be okay this well, year. Well, you know but what? But he believed in his team from day one, and they rewarded him. You know what? You could also make the argument that some of these teams over the last five years just went out and and died but maybe it's because joe got the absolute most out of these guys that he could when he could and it's not his fault that these guys didn't go out there it's actually a credit to him that he got way more out of them than he ever should have and maybe these guys just came back down to earth and that's why they fell down and died this team has the true talent and they showed you what it takes to fight for your manager. And they had the talent to do it and the chemistry to do it. So Joe does get the most out of his players. And I'm still going to complain about his moves that he makes. He's still going to baffle me a lot. But you know what? He's my guy. 
he Joe Girardi last night was another he you know he you're in a contract negotiation you don't want to just give it away you say yeah I want to come back so he he gave the line oh, I'll talk with my wife I'll talk with my kids we'll see what they say but you know he wants to come back here he tasted it this year it was it was in his hand and somebody grabbed it away from him and he wants to take this team to the World Series and he should be the guy to take this team to the World Series. I agree. Can I move on now? Yes. I don't even, honestly, I don't know why this guy's even on this list. Because he's a free agent. Oh, he is? Yes. Brian Cashman? Yes, he should come back. Of course. If he wants to come, that's all, that's all on what well, he wants we're, to Well, if I'm Hal, this, I'm, I'm taking the role of Hal Steinbrenner here. Of course. Because let me, it, it just goes back to, you know, Joe Girardi is going to want to be here because, hey, he was here for the rebuild. He wants to ride this rebuild out because how could you not be excited to manage this team? Brian Cashman built this team. You think he's just going to walk away? No, he built this team for his future. He wants to see this ride out just as much as anyone else. And at the end of this, hopefully we can what we can call dynasty... After this run of hopefully five, six years of at least postseason baseball, when his contract's up again, that's a different story. But right now, you're not going to rebuild a team, see this kind of success in the first year, and then and then bounce. Because he, and like I said, I'm Hal Steinbrenner, right? I'm taking the attack that I'm the guy making these decisions. So Brian Cashman doesn't have a contract for 2018. So now I got to sit back and say, who's my general manager? If this team won 64 games this year, maybe I'm looking at it a little differently. Right. Maybe I'm saying to myself, I gave this guy control of the baseball operations. I stuck back. I let him do his thing. And I didn't like what I saw this year. How could you not like what you saw this year, though? It's it's another scenario where the Yankees just have to offer him something and Cashman will latch right on. No, you because... can't insult a guy and say, here's $5,000 no, no. to come What I'm saying it. is just talk to Cashman. Start conversation and it will end with another contract. The Yankees have the right guys in the right spots. They have the general manager. Cashman put his vision on this team, and they're they're ahead. They're, I'm sorry, Cashman gets such a bad rap sometimes. This guy's brilliant. You want to know why? It's because of the money. Jacoby Ellsbury. It's the money that deals. the Yankees throw around. That's but you know why. what? They just take a step back and think about what this guy's done. I want Cashman for this just as much as I want Joe. And we and I said this earlier in the podcast that his the deals that he made this year were so smart because they weren't just to win this year. He still thought about 2018, 2019 when he made these deals. Sonny Gray wasn't for this year. Tommy Canely and David Robinson wasn't for this year. And did we give up one guy who... We saw enough of to say, no. oh, no, that kid was going to be a superstar. No, you because you know what Mateo might have been, but they didn't like his attitude. They didn't think he fit well in this team. And you know what? You got Gleyber Torres, you got right. Danny Gregorius. Where's he going to play? And you know what? Yeah, Blake Rutherford could end up being a superstar one day, but the kid was just drafted. And you where's he going to play? Because you got Judge, you got Clint Frazier, you got Hicks, you got Florio coming. And hey, up. even in the grade deal, I say this all the time. The A's took a gamble. It could turn out that it was a great gamble for them. 
But anytime you can make a trade and get a guy like Sonny Gray and make the other team sit there and say, did I just risk a lot and not even know what I'm going to get back? You win. Caprillion would have been on this team this year oh, had not gotten hurt. Absolutely. But he's coming off Tommy John. And you don't know how he's going to come back. And there's people Same that had Dustin, Dustin Fowler. Fowler that were higher rated than Clint Frazier. That's why he got here first. But you don't know. That guy's knee was destroyed. You yeah. have no idea if he's going to. Because a lot of his game was predicated on how quick and how fast right. he is. Yeah. So it was a complete gamble for the A's. And in that totally. sense, it was a win for the Yankees. I mean, two of the three guys had season-ending injuries. Right. Caprillion and Fowler. So I, if I'm hell, I'm saying, you know what, Brian? You put your vision in place and you got me to one win within the World Series in a year where I didn't think that we were going to get this far. So why am I going to bring in somebody else that might have a different vision? Now, I don't really think the Yankees would do that. If they moved on from Cashman, I think that they would promote from within the organization to some guy that would keep the same philosophy. Randy Levine. Oh, my God. (laughs) If Randy Levine ever made a baseball, on-field baseball decision, I would... I would burn Yankee Stadium. To <laughs> uh, That's it, right, Ryan? That concludes the segment. Did you keep track of? Uh, that was a yeah, great segment. I wrote them all down. That was a great so segment. So who who did we disagree on? Just uh, you disagreed on. I just think you disagreed on Tanaka. No, or you both wanted to keep him. I keep him with an asterisk. Yeah, asterisk. that's that's why. And Castro, I keep him one hundred percent. Castro was the main one that. So we'll see. You two disagreed with. So we're pretty much on point with. Christian wants to dump Starlin Castro. Chris wants to keep Starlin Castro. For now. I, 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 it's, not, it's not that I don't see your point of view. I do think that we could um, wait until May, June, see what he's doing and see how Torres is playing. Yep. But, but other than that. Hey, if somebody offers me a deal for Starlin Castro and I like it, I'm not saying no to it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, shot. That's it. Episode 13, we're going to, you know, take it home now. To this, this concludes our first season. We go into off-season episodes after this. So, after the World Series is over, that next Sunday, we're going to record our official season wrap-up of the New York Yankees. We're going to talk about high points. We're going to give out some awards, you know. F- you know, it'll be a fun, celebratory-type podcast because there are a lot of things to celebrate in this year i agree so after the world series is over that sunday we'll come back and then we're probably going to go on a little bit of a break until the winter meetings start at the end of november so just to give the fans a um like a schedule of how the podcast is going to shake out over the next few months and then we'll probably be hot and heavy through the hot stove and then take a break after the holidays and then maybe do our all-bum team after the holidays are over. And then, you know, we'll be getting ready for... And then before you know it, we'll be getting ready for spring training. It's the beauty of... Was, we were saying this last night. It's the yeah. beauty of playing deep in the postseason. You have less time off to wait for them to come back. So before you know it, we're going to be doing a spring training preview. So I know Chris posted some on Twitter earlier today. Um Sunday, as we're recording this, you'll hear this for your morning commute on Monday. I honestly cannot believe how NYY Sports Talk has grown since we started it. And we can thank Munch and we can thank Vic, DiBetetto, Katie Sharp, Gary Phillips, Brian Hoke, Joe Rivera, 
and Chris Corelli because they came on, they gave us the time of day when, you know, we were really nobody and they gave us the time of day. We're still nobody. But before <laughs> With we an even, asterisk. <laughs> before we even grew to this point, they gave us the time, they gave us the exposure. They said, hey guys, we'll come on, we'll, we'll talk to you for a few minutes. And we can't thank them enough for that. We can't thank the fans enough. The 10 years that started to the over 2,500 of you that are now, that we've grown and that you have grown with us. And I said this last night, and I really mean this. The best part of this run the Yankees have been on has been the birth and growth of NYY Sports Talk and becoming as, I don't even know the word for it, as just growing the way we did and being able to interact with so many great Yankees And I fans. say this all the time. We're almost at the 2,600 follower mark. When we did our first podcast, we were, we were doing a giveaway if we hit 100 followers. And that was only a, a few months ago. This is only episode 13. So it might not sound like a lot, but it definitely is. And I say this all the time, but you go on some Twitter accounts that have 30,000, 40,000 followers. And they don't have half the engagement that our followers give us. And... We thank you greatly because and I, and it's I'll been say a this, lot of fun. I usually, I would say 90% of the game since we started this, I do the in-game updates. And since really the postseason, it's no disrespect towards anybody. I'm not ignoring you. I cannot keep up with everything. Yeah, and it's it's pretty awesome. But yeah, it's just a lot at this point. So when I was updating... uh. Devil Ray, I think most of the one called Devil Rays, a Rays game in August, and we had a hundred followers, and three people would respond to the tweets. Yeah, I could talk to everybody and interact with everybody, but when I post something and Twitter doesn't even give me the amount of mentions, it just says twenty plus next to it. Yeah. I can't. It's impossible. So thank you, and I try, and I, and I still try to reach out to some of you, but just thank you so much for your continued support. And we're not going anywhere, and we hope that you're not going anywhere as well. That's why we're trying to give you a schedule of what we're doing so you know that NYY Sports Talk will still be here through the postseason. So next podcast, episode 14, will be the Sunday after schedules permit. We want everybody to be here for that. But that's our plan. Sunday after the World Series ends, then a bit of a break until last week in November when Yes starts their uh, hot stove program we'll start we'll do a hot stove program and do it through the winter meetings and everything and then probably we'll we'll break through the holidays and then come back to an all bum team and then before you know it man we're going to be getting ready to go down well not us personally but we'll be getting ready to go down tampa and preview the 2018 yankees and listen one last thing before we wrap up i told this troll on twitter total troll okay he's Found on Twitter at the Cypress Gang, C-Y-P-R-E-S-S Gang, the Cypress Gang. I want you to find him. I want you to tweet at him and tell him that he's a jamoke. <laughs> he's the worst, most annoying troll on Twitter. Chris wouldn't let me block him. He was so bad yesterday. He's not a bad guy. No, it wasn't he even. He followed during, us. It's not even during the game that he was bad. It was before the game that I. And 
And I, I waited purposefully to do this at the end so that he's forced to listen to this entire thing. Even if he has to fast forward and go, he's still going to have to listen to more than he wants to because he is a Houston fan. Um, but good luck in the World Series. I hope it goes seven games and you're heartbroken in seven. Yeah, I I want to see bases loaded, one out. One. I want to see bases loaded, one <laughs> out. Houston down by a run and a three-one count gets called a strike. And that at the at the feet of that rat of that little friggin' rat. Ugh. He's on my shit and he list. thinks that he's gonna walk. New. Called back three two, two hopper right to the shortstop, six four three, go home goodbye. That's what I hope for. Deal. All right. So again, iTunes. I did it this time. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. We're on Google Play now. Chris got us on iHeartRadio. So we all cool. over. We're all over the place. Uh, go to nyysportstalk.com. There's a shop button. You can get some merch. Um, please do that. Help support us that way. Um, Stack Guy Rye, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for being here. Thank you for your contribution. I like being here today. It was uh, fun. I should come here more often. <laughs> so, again, you know, it's it sucks. It really sucks that it had to end this way. This but felt good, though, talking about it. It did. you got to talk your feelings out. <laughs> all right. Can't bottle, all up, bottle it all up. <sighs> okay. I had enough sharing of my feelings for one day. Again, thank you. Please, you know, go find us on any of those outlets. Subscribe, rate us. You guys have been great all season. Thank you again so much. Ryan, you want to say anything? Just uh, thanks to all the followers, all the guests. Great guests, Vic. Started off the show great. You guys got some great guess we got some great guests i'm on the team i'm part of the crew <laughs> we're not saying go- we're not saying goodbye because this is the end like like i said earlier this is the yankees are just starting out something great and so is nyy sports talk I'm we're in. just at the beginning yeah. of this so rye we're beginning they, of a dynasty where here. can they find you on twitter rye uh oh god he doesn't what, even at stat guy underscore rye is that no. it at StackGuyRye oh, underscore N-Y-Y-S-T. Where can they find your Jamoke ass? Hey, the, only, the only thing I do on Twitter Wait. is retweet what listen, you guys. Oh, I'm I have up. one more keeper dump for the keeper dump yeah. list. StackGuyRye. Is Leah available on full-time <laughs> basis next year? Leah listened to the next episode and she goes, Hey, I thought I got the job. How do you find <laughs> your... Uh... It's it's at StackGuyRye underscore N-Y-Y-S-T. How do I see what my name... Oh, okay. At StackGuyRye <laughs> underscore N-Y-Y-S-T. Is Follow him find. and then he'll Follow come up with his, his own original tweets. Yeah. I'll Once t- he gets to 10 and doesn't have that porn account following him. <laughs> I have a porn account following me? You, oh, yeah. I guess you don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I don't even bother listening when you're not here. All right. Anyway, <laughs> d- Chris, where are they? Chris Jr. underscore N-Y-Y-S-T. Christian underscore. Am I Christian? Yes. Christian underscore NYYST, the big one at NYY Sports Talk. Thank you again. It's been a hell of a ride, and we're just we're ready for bigger and better things, not only for the Yankees, but for us in 2018. But we'll talk to you again the Sunday after the World Series ends. Chris, say goodbye. Peace!